Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Voice of one Lindsay Buckingham. One of the major inspirational voices of the band Fleetwood Mac. Born on this day in 1949 in Palo Alto, California, Lindsay Adams Buckingham is 71 years old. It is October 3rd, 2020. Before we look ahead, a look back at significant events and people tied to this particular date in history, including but not limited to these. 1863, President Lincoln proclaims the last Thursday in November, Thanksgiving Day, one of my two favorite holidays on the calendar every year. Can't wait for this one. 1941, Adolf Hitler declared in a speech in Berlin that Russia had been broken and would never rise again. Uh, he was proved to be prophetically and fatally wrong about that one. 1961, in this date, the Dick Van Dyke Show premiered on CBS. 1967, folk singer-songwriter Woody Guthrie, the guy who gave us This Land is Your Land, died in New York of complications from Huntington's disease at the age of 55. Noah! The National Oceanic, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration established 1970. Frank Robinson, a former Cincinnati Red, named Major League Baseball's first black manager. The Cleveland Indians, October 3rd, 1974. 1995, on this date, the jury in the O.J. Simpson murder trial in L.A. found the former football star not guilty of the slayings the previous year of his former wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ronald Goldman. He was later found liable for damages in a civil trial. And oddly enough, on the same date, October 3rd, flash ahead, 13 years, O.J. found guilty of robbing two sports memorabilia dealers at gunpoint in a Las Vegas hotel room. He wound up serving nine years in prison. The juice was not on the loose incarcerated let's see uh 
Chubby Checker is 79 today, probably twisting at some retirement home. Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's see. Lindsey Buckingham mentioned jazz musician Ronnie Law, 70. Keb Moe, blues singer, 69 today. Former astronaut Catherine Sullivan also turned 69, as does baseball Hall of Famer Dave Winfield. What, two baseball Hall of Famers in one day? Dennis Eckersley is 66 today. Reverend Al Sharpton. Some call him a civil rights activist. Some call him a welfare pimp. He's 66. World Golf Hall of Famer Freddie Couples, 61 today. The actor, singer, Jack Wagner, 61. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, 58. Actor Clive Owen, 56 today. Gwen Stefani is 51. Let's see. Uh, anybody else? Oh, Nev Campbell, 47 today. How about that? Indy Ari, singers, 45. It's a big list. Josh Klinghoffer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers turns 41. Mark King of the rock band Hinder is 38 today. Well, that's a nice list. Ashley Simpson is 36. Even as brain-dead as she appears, she's obviously survived to this point. It's uh, 50, 542, rather, and we have your forecast in 2020 sports just ahead as we get you going on this Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. Get them. Yo, 546 on a Saturday morning. Here's some of what's passing for news around the country, around the world, around the tri-state. Now President Donald Trump's campaign manager, Bill Stepien, testing positive for the coronavirus. Uh, mild flu-like symptoms. Rona McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC, also announced yesterday she had tested positive. Joining President Trump, Melania Trump, top Trump aide Hope Hicks, and numerous others on the staff and with the campaign, all testing positive for COVID-19. Nobody knows who, how, when the president became infected with coronavirus, nor is it known whom, if anyone, has contracted the disease from him. But if you retrace the steps over the last week or two to see risk at multiple turns, by the way, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee members, two Republicans testing positive as well for coronavirus, North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis and Utah Senator Mike Lee both said yesterday they had tested positive for the virus. Both attended a ceremony for Amy Coney Barrett at the White House on September 25th. The president remains at Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland this morning, receiving treatment and being observed while he continues to work from the presidential suite at the hospital. Been given an experimental therapeutic treatment involving antibodies plus remdesivir, and it has shown already very, very positive signs. The president had a fever and was feeling tired, and they administered the test and found out that he was positive by uh, with COVID-19. The president's age and his weight are giving some people pause. However, uh, speaking to a doctor just overnight, Fox News, Rick Leventhal, had the uh, basic verdict 
that as COVID-19 continues to mutate as a virus, while it becomes more contagious, it's becoming less deadly. So we have that. Mike DeWine called Donald Trump's recent positive test a powerful reminder that anyone can contract the deadly virus. This is, of course, just days after the presidential debate last Tuesday in Cleveland. Also from Columbus, if the Secretary of State in the Buckeye State, Frank LaRose, wants to expand the number of ballot drop boxes beyond one per Ohio County, he can, but no, uh, an appellate court will not force him to do so. That was the breakdown of the ruling yesterday that left the fate of LaRose's order restricting counties to one drop box each in his hands. Curbside drop-off of ballots has been a growing trend among the coronavirus pandemic and postal cutbacks. Ohio's 10th District Court of Appeals agreed after a trial judge that LaRose's directive was not reasonable but said it didn't violate state law, so it shouldn't be blocked. And a judge also ordered that Ohio's Attorney General's effort to block an energy company and its affiliated entities from donating to lawmakers is an infringement of the First Amendment rights. That was a Franklin County judge denying Attorney General Dave Yost's attempt to stop campaign contributions to uh, Ohio lawmakers from First Energy. While the House considers a repeal of the $1.3 billion bailout of two nuclear plants formerly owned by the company's subsidiary. And the evidence heard by a Kentucky grand jury in the police killing of Breonna Taylor, or the death of Breonna Taylor to be more exact, reveals a drug raid plagued by fear and confusion, according to the AP. The police officer who fatally shot Taylor says he only saw a shadowy mass and didn't know how many times he opened fire. Investigators later matched 16 of the 32 shots fired from his gun. Taylor's boyfriend said when he saw her bleeding, he called his mother before dialing 911. These all were released yesterday when grand jury testimony was allowed out uh, in in recordings. Grand juries, by tradition and by law, are usually secret, made public following the outcry over the grand jury's decision not to charge any police officers for Breonna Taylor's death. And the beat goes on. Much more to get to, and we shall, of course, during the course of this morning. Uh, Dick is hanging and Rick in Sharonville. Okay. Dick and Rick on the other side of this on 700WLW.com. All right, coming up on five minutes till the top of the hour, Gary Jeff Walker and you on a Saturday morning. This intrigues me. Uh, Rick in Sharonville, you wanted to talk about Noah? I did. What do you want to say about the National Oceanic and Atmospheric <laughs> Administration? Um, I worked in the early 2000s. I uh, worked for a, a, a decade on a, a fisheries research vessel. Well, our home port was in Seattle and our subport was in Juneau, Alaska. I did it for three years, and it was a running joke. Noah's called uh, uh, no organization at all. And it just. And I also worked <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> I also worked for the U.S. Forest Service uh, for a couple years, and it, it just. It, if you've never worked for the federal government, it's like it's such a there's such a huge waste of money. Oh, uh, it, a buddy, a buddy of mine has been working for the uh, Census Bureau the last couple of months. The, the Census 
senseless bureau. Yeah, the senseless bureau, and he's he's detailed to me all of the snafus and just total disorganization and waste that it is. Racket, he's been racking up lots of overtime. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I yeah. said, well, milk it as long as you can, brother. You've paid into the system all these years. You might as well take advantage of it. Well, I worked on a boat, and I got paid double time just to take the garbage out the boat to put it in the dumpster. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, God bless you. <laughs> well, and also, my, my, my brother's a retired Air Force officer, and he uh, he still works for the Department of Air Force, so he said, I can't believe we won, we won any awards. <laughs> it is amazing. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, there, there's no end to the bureaucratic male bovine fecal samples that is our federal. This is our taxpayer dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Dick from Dayton. Good morning, Dick. Good morning, Gary Jeff. How are you? Wow, it's, it's wonderful to talk to you. It's been well, it's a whole week. Gary, Jeff. Dick. I, the other day, the mail lady came to me and said, Dick from Dayton, you got a package. But, hey, the sweatshirt was top dog. That's right. My, our, our mutual friend Mike Carr sent you something. He, t- he told me he was going to. That is a beautiful picture, Gary, Jeff. Uh, you and you, the three-fifths of the century. Gary Jeff Walker. Well, I'm not there yet. No, but it was pretty. I really enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad that you did. Thank you so much. And I'm going to start wearing it. Okay, I'm Dick. Start wearing it probably. I didn't get a chance to go to band, but I'm going to wear it to band and show it to everybody. You start wearing that uh, that shirt with my picture on it, Dick. <laughs> you know what we call that? What's that? Chick Magnet, watch out. They're going to be all over you. Yeah. Yeah. Say goodnight, thank Dick. Thank you, Gary, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome. So I that really appreciate thank, it, buddy. Thank Mike Carr. Mike Carr. Yep. Go all right. Bengals. All right. All right. See you, Dick. See ya. Good night, Dick. Good night, Gary, Jeff. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. <clears throat> 700WLW.com. Into the first official hour of this Saturday morning edition for Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. I'm Gary Jeff Walker. You are you, and that's just perfectly fine with me. On the heels of um, a wonderful anniversary trip that I took with my wife to Mount Gilead, Ohio, on Thursday night to the Rose Heart Inn, the wonderful bed and breakfast you've heard me talk about before in this program, and it was an even better trip than the previous two. It's a wonderful place. You ever get the chance, highly recommend it. 4.9 out of 5.0 stars. The Gary Jeff scale. That being said, uh, man, I tell you what, that, that trip really, it refreshes. And it makes me want to stay there for about another week or so, but unfortunately. And thanks to my friend Brad, he and his wife Karen, they live in Radnor, Ohio. 
unbeknownst to myself and Krista 2.0, paid for our stay. We got there, and the uh, the inn owner says, you owe us a dollar for the room. What? And there was a, a gift bag and a card. So thank you to Brad and Karen Moffat for that. That was totally unexpected, totally uncalled for, but fully appreciated. Dave, how you doing, Dave? Doing good, Garrett Jeff. Congratulations, you're a lucky man for sure. Oh, there's there's no question. And you're a lucky man, too. In fact, I think you're way luckier than I I've met your wife, and, uh, man, you're so far ahead of your skis with that. You're on the other side well, of the lake. Well, I got a question for you then, Balser, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what similarities do the Reds and uh, Kathy's new, brand-new pair of stockings, uh, pantyhose, I, I have. They have no runs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next. Um, my, my boy asked me the other day uh, if I knew what a total eclipse was, um, and I thought about it a minute, and then I gave him an honest answer. I, I said, no, no, son. Um, there, Jeff, uh, where, where do uh, chess players go to borrow money? Where do chess players go to borrow money? Yes. The pawn shop? The pawn broker. Ah, you're like three for three today. I got to go. Thanks. Uh, it's 10 minutes after the hour, 700 WLW. Good morning. It's 614. I'm just not feeling very political this morning. Concerned about President Trump and the First Lady and those in his circle after being tested for uh, and testing positive for coronavirus, COVID-19. As I mentioned earlier in the program, and you may have heard this kind of talk before, but uh, as recently as early this morning, and I can't remember the doctor's name, but uh, she was talking primarily about the mutations of COVID-19 as we're into the seventh, eighth month in this country of the pandemic, or what I call the scamdemic of 2020. It's obviously very real and very contagious. But that was her point, is that as the strains mutate, the disease, the virus, does become more contagious, but also less virulent and less lethal. And we've seen that across the board. Uh, by Kentucky, by the way, for all of their explosive numbers of new cases reported yesterday by the boy dictator Bashir, uh, positivity rate is down to 4.3%. Just a month ago, the governor said, if we can get that under 5%, we'll be in good. They keep moving the goalposts. That's why I call it a scamdemic. But yes, for anyone who has suffered through it, in fact, a couple of people that, uh, a couple, another couple celebrating an anniversary, as my wife and I were on Thursday at the bed and breakfast, the Rose Hard Inn, their family had gone through the gauntlet that is COVID-19 and all came out on the other side just fine. So there's plenty of expectation that the president, especially with the best treatment possible in the entire world, will come out of Walter Reed and come out of this 
the situation in fine shape. There's more evidence to that than other more dire results. So that being said, we go back to the lines, 513-749-7000, pound 700 on AT&T is a free call. Old Radio Rick, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Gary Jeff. Hey, you're coming in 5x5 five five on a 1942 Philco. It's a model 42350. It's a uh, big table model. It's maple wood, which is the uh, worst part of it because it's such a light color that uh, no touch-up it goes without being extremely obvious. So yeah. it'll look great in a dark room. But this is an <laughs> AM shortwave and FM radio Unfortunately, it's the old FM, the so-called FM 45. It's marked off in, as channels, channels 21 through 99. And you can tune in absolutely nothing on that band, no matter how well the radio works. So, no kidding. Pretty, yeah, the AM and shortwave looks great, but uh, a couple of um, of my cohorts and I were doing some research a couple of years ago looking for uh, simple ways to modify it so you could pick up modern FM or something else. We found an article on how to pick up the audio from UHF TV stations. Of course, those don't exist anymore either. So, no, well. you're right. The, all, those, <laughs> all those analog signals are gone. That's right. So, Oh, so close. <laughs> but you say it looks great in a dark room. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have kind, to, uh, well I've, I've known a lot of people like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she makes her own clothes and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my my floor model that you know very well and you worked on is a 41 philco this is a 42 that's correct and this one is um i've worked on others both the table models and consoles that are very similar to your 41 um the 42s typically weren't that much different but this particular model is kind of the of a departure. It's a very intricate cabinet with lots of rounded edges and almost looks uh, um, organ-like, uh, like a church organ in some respects, um, which makes cleaning and, and touching up a nightmare because there's so many curves and, and little bits glued to it and so forth. Sure. At the day, I'm sure it was very, uh, um, very leading edge, very progressive, if you will. But uh, very, very uh, aesthetically pleasing. There you go. Yep. And, right. and perhaps a touch modern. All right. Uh, how are you? Everybody good? Yep, we're hanging in there. We had to uh, take our beautiful old tree out of the front yard this this week, so it's kind of a sad time, and now the house is 20 degrees warmer. <laughs> well, and that's important this time of year. Uh, yeah. Love to Marie and uh, to uh, Skitty. And big hugs to you guys. All right, Happy anniversary. Thank you. OldRadioRick at gmail.com. You want to get in touch with him. You've got one of those antique radios that you'd like to have worked on. That's the dude to do it. It was this weekend, 50 years ago, that we lost possibly one of the um, great blues performers of all time. Someone pointed this out, and thank you for reminding me, that October 4th, tomorrow, 1970, was the day that we found out Janis Joplin had died in Hollywood, California. She was 27 years old. She was one of those tortured, and you could hear it in her voice when she sang songs like Peace of My Heart or Down on Me. One of those tortured individuals, but so talented. And it's a shame that in a haze of heroin and southern comfort, she passed from this world into another. If there's a rock and roll heaven, they got to have one hell of a band. 
The Pearl of Port Arthur, Texas, the Pearl of Port Arthur left us some 50 years ago this weekend. Born January 19th, 1943. Joining Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison and, you know, any, any number of other people. Um. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At the age of 27, Kurt Cobain of her era, perhaps. We remember Pearl. Janice Lynn Joplin, just ahead of going to uh, a Bengals report, they get ready for the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A few moments with Janice and her Mercedes Benz on the Saturday morning edition. Of great social and political import. It goes like this. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Oh Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Dialing four dollars is trying to find me. I wait for delivery each day until three. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Oh Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? I'm counting on you, Lord. Please don't let me down. Prove that you love me and buy the next round. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? Everybody, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? That's it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Music to my ears makes me think of down home and down home people. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair. My favorite Oki, Garth Brooks, on the Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. It's 636 Eastern, that is. Gary Jeff Walker with you. 
on this Saturday, October 3rd, going east, my friends, out of Cincinnati to Brown County. How now, Brown County? And to a place called Ripley, Ohio, on the banks of the mighty Ohio River to uh, breakfast at Jerry's. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, you guys sound like you're all there today. We're here, but maybe not quite slightly wrapped. Well, I, when I say all there, I meant it sounds like you've got a good group of people. It doesn't mean that you're any more lucid than any other time that we've talked. Uh, we're bugless. <laughs> so are you senseless, though? Yes, for another month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Till October 31st, you just keep on counting people. Are you, you going to go out and count any more homeless people? I don't know. That was one special night, but uh, we'll and you see. found what two and a, you found two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. People. Two two and a half people. Now yeah, I I, I raised this question to you before, my friend, talking to Doug, <laughs> senseless Doug. How do you find? How do you count two and a half people? He ran off before we could count him, but we still had to count him. So yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> It makes me think of the knight in Monty Python's Holy Grail. He's got no arms and no legs going, come back and fight! Come back and fight, you coward! Hey! Yeah. got happenings here at Snappers this afternoon. There's going to be a band here at 2 o'clock. Really? Yeah. We call it the Guess Who because we don't know the name of the band. Oh, I thought maybe Dick from Dayton and the Kettering Banjo Society were coming down to Snappers to play this afternoon. That would be interesting. That would be a hoot. He'd bring his triangle. Yes. Uh, let me give you the breakfast report, and then I'll turn it over to Sherry on the uh, weather. Now. Okay. He's checking that rock right now. Hey, there's fried pork tenderloin, Ooh. bacon, biscuits and gravy, fried taters, Kentucky round steaks, fresh sliced tomatoes, and eggs any which way. You've just caused my producer, Austin Elmore, to ruin about $20,000 worth of equipment in the control room by drooling all over it. I think you had him, I think you had him at fried pork tenderloin. Yes. Oh, my God, that sounds wonderful. Oh, we had him last night at the local Lions Club. Oh, okay. So is Sherry there, the green parrot, uh, green, green parrot, the green hornet there with a weather report? Yeah, we ought to call this a hard rock cafe because that's what we got out there, hard, cold rock. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like 48 degrees here, so I understand that completely. Yeah, it's shivering time. <laughs> How's Jerry? Marvelous. Just marvelous. Oh, that's wonderful. Trying to be home today. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tall order anytime for you, my, my friend. Did they, finally, did they finally take the shackles off? Okay, good. Uh, well, that's that's good. I'm glad to see that you're once again above reproach. Uh, anything else going on at Snappers? But you don't know the name of the band. You just know that there's a band playing at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, we don't know who, so that's why we call it to guess who. All right. Uh, well, we, we have something special as we close out this report from Breakfast at Jerry's. This one dedicated to the aforementioned Mr. Jones. Here we go. Oh, my. Here it comes, baby. Born through a party in the county Prison band was there, they were getting the Take care, y'all. You should 
Have a good weekend. <laughs> Breakfast at Jerry's. 700 WLW. Good morning. 14 minutes till the top of the air. They make that 646 Eastern, that is. 700 WLW. Online, 700WLW.com. A couple of things to consider. As the president is still at Walter Reed Hospital this morning on the path to recovery after testing positive for COVID-19, along with many campaign and staff members and the First Lady Melania Trump. She is asymptomatic, from what we understand. The president had mild symptoms, of which uh, we're talking about a, a fever and also fatigue, which is one of the classic COVID-19 symptoms of people who've been lucky enough to come into contact with this virus. Some things to think about that you may have forgotten about. The teacher in Rhode Island, for example, back at the end of March, in a story by Rachel Cruz, International Business Times, dated March 31st, The headline, Cough on Trump Cash Offer Exposed. Teacher wants COVID-19 positive people to infect the president. You may may remember this story. You may not. Her name is Amy Bednarz. Amy Bednarz, excuse me. Offering cash on Twitter to COVID-19 positive individuals to cough on Trump. The public school that she works at, deleted her Twitter account after the backlash. She has a history of threatening other people. She works as a sixth-grade educator, or did. I'm not sure if she's still on the the roles of employees. And English as a second-language teacher at Woonsockets Villanova Middle School. And say, well, this is some crackpot in Rhode Island. Her Twitter account deleted. Her LinkedIn account deleted because of these kind of postings. But as you know, as well as I do, once it's out there on the Internet, it's out there. It does not really go away. She offered a cash bounty to anyone to cough on the president. It was supposed to be as an anonymous social media profile with her username ProudTeacher at JustMe0774. It was not hard to figure out who she was. Her LinkedIn profile, on the other hand, indicated that she had worked for various public schools around Massachusetts. She has a history of threatening the president of the National Parents Union, Carrie Rodriguez. Her hostility towards her prompted the official to write a blog in 2017 to tell how Bednars had threatened her and her children over the phone. Amy has even done her research to find out the name of the street I live on and even my phone number, which she calls on a regular basis. The middle school administrators had not commented on on Bednar's as of the posting of this story back in March. Her name was still on the school's staff directory. By the way, the Justice Department has repeatedly warned that anyone who intentionally spreads COVID-19 could be charged with acts of terrorism as coronavirus may be regarded as a biological agent. And that's to point number two, about who's really at fault for the 205,000-plus deaths in the United States 
since the scandemic of 2020 began. Who's really got blood on their hands? The Dems, before yesterday, were blaming Donald Trump. Joe Biden said he could have saved all the people who've died from COVID-19 if he just acted correctly and soon enough. He acted as soon as he possibly could, no matter what he said about the virus one day just going away. He took steps to protect us. That's a fact. January 31st. While people like Bill de Blasio and Nancy Pelosi and Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, were saying, come on down to Chinatown for the new year. It's not a problem. This is not something that's going to be a major deal in the United States. They were the ones who were the deniers, not President Trump. As China, communist China, and the World Health Organization lied to us, and communist China knew this was a possibility Many say back into about this time last year, October, before there'd been one diagnosed case in the United States, back in October of 2019, communist China knew there was a problem in Wuhan. Some would even suggest that they purposely caused the release of this as a biological warfare, not just on the United States, but in the economies of the world. Three of the highest figures in the G7, have now become infected with coronavirus. President Trump, the latest. Of course, Boris Johnson in the U.K., whose case earlier this summer, late in spring, was, to this point, much worse than what the president has been diagnosed with and and is commenting. By the way, we'll have Aaron Katursky from ABC News at 745 on the latest on the president, his condition, and what we know at this time as he works from the hospital at Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. My friend Lowell Ponte, also writing, he wrote this back uh, March 5th about the Democrats' biological warfare. The coronavirus sweeping the world is strange, and some just-cured patients, it flares up again like trick birthday can- candles that relight themselves after being blown out. It mutates somewhat like HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. According to doctors at Beijing Ditan Hospital, it can attack not only the respiratory system, but also the kidneys, liver, cardiovascular, central nervous systems. According to the aforementioned WHO, which I don't trust as far as I can throw them, which wouldn't be very far... It is in some ways more contagious than the 1918 swine flu called the Plague of the Spanish Lady, which, of course, killed at least 50 million worldwide then. The novel virus may or may not be the escaped nightmare creature of China's biological warfare experiments, and there is more and more evidence to the fact it was released from that lab in Wuhan and then helped to infect the rest of the world. Who would gain something from this? The communist government of communist China. By leveling the economic playing field, 
it's part of their plan to dominate the world by 2030 or by 2048, whatever. In the not-too-distant future. But if anyone's to blame for 205,000 American deaths, it's not President Trump. It is the People's Republic of China, the communist Chinese government. They lied. They did not tell the world about the dangers that they knew as much as a year ago. And they are responsible for the president being in the hospital right now. They and they alone. For 7 million infected cases in the United States, for, again, 205,000 deaths, almost a million worldwide. Communist China, that's where the fingers should be pointing right now, if you're going to be pointing fingers. I, I firmly believe that. This is World War III. People are talking about the danger of Russia infecting and influencing our presidential elections. Russia's nowhere near the threat that communist China, who, by the way, is a very strange bedfellow with Joe Biden, if you look at the history. Not saying Joe Biden's responsible, I'm just saying... He certainly, and his family certainly has gained much from being very friendly with the government of dictator Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, excuse me. And the Communist Chinese Party. They are a threat to our way of life. And we must get serious about what needs to be done. We'll get serious about news and talk to Steve Schulte on the other side. Saturday morning edition. Food for thought. Don't eat too much. 700 WLW. Take a look under your... Into another hour of this Saturday morning edition. For Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. Gary Jeff Walker. Great to be with you, as always. And you know, no matter what the headlines say, I believe this is true. It's getting better all the time. I do, I do. I used to get... It's time for our visit with environmental engineer Steve Schulte. Not a climate denier, just a, a, a climate data guru. He's got the real stuff, and uh, he likes to share it with us. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good morning, Gary Jeff. Doing real well. Yourself? Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Just, uh, just what, five weeks till wedding bells? Yes, it's uh, it's going quick. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it it tends to speed up and then slow down, and then speed up and then slow down. You know that that whole. Uh... I know, I know, I know. But uh, so, yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. what have we got to, this morning to talk about? This, morning, uh, this comes from the uh, September 2020 issue of a magazine, uh, Water, Environment, and Technology magazine. Okay, and it's talking about the Chesapeake Bay vegetation and how it helps uh, reduce ocean acidification. And we'll talk about So first, between 1984 and 2015, uh, submerged aquatic vegetation in the Chesapeake Bay increased by more than 300% because of reduced pollution and sediments 
from you and I, human activity. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And, you know, it, it's good for this vegetation. It absorbs further pollutants, uh, increases water clarity, and as well as, you know, becomes home for various types of aquatic life, fishes and uh, mussels, so on and so forth. So a study recently has been done to, uh, to look at this and to see how, what kind of impact it has on ocean, what we call ocean acidification. Now, what's happening, and this is scientific fact, uh, as the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere increases, some of that, a, little, a small amount of that CO2 dissolves in water, and a small amount of that CO2 creates what, what, what we call weak carbonic acid, which reduces the pH of the, of the water. So what they did is they looked at these uh, submerged vegetation uh, beds, uh, did some analysis and modeling and whatnot uh, to see what its impact would. And what they found is that first, you know, we talk about, uh, we know that green vegetation has photosynthesis, which takes in carbon dioxide, which is good, and creates oxygen. That also absorbs other nutrients. But also what they found, it generates a very high pH uh, within the plant, and this causes the the crystallization or the formation of calcium carbonate crystals. Now you may say, well, what's that? Uh, that's sort of like the scale you get when you use hard water. Okay. Primarily calcium carbonate is what we call an alkali. And then what they found out is over time, these crystals flow out of the beds into the more acidic areas of the bay. And then this calcium carbonate reacts with the acidity and neutralizes it four times faster than otherwise done through nature. And this is what we want. And this is exactly what we want. So uh, it's another reason why it's important. Uh, we've been for, I mean, for decades and decades and decades, uh, there's been a lot of controls of the pollution into the Chesapeake Bay for a lot of different reasons. And uh, now they've found out another good reason uh, why we're doing it, and that is to reduce ocean acidification. So it, in fact, is getting better all the time. You got it. In this case, it is. And the Chesapeake Bay, by the way, you talked about fish and the like, but uh, oysters and uh, was it is it crab, crab? blue crab? Uh, yes, and clams. Oh, I love that stuff. I know. And I've, it, I've had the, the I've had the pleasure some years ago. Uh, at a oyster uh, clam bake on the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. Nothing better. Well, I'm very jealous. Uh, all right, Steve, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. We'll take a break. Tom Davis on the way with the diaries this morning and another preview of tomorrow's Bengals-Jaguars game in just minutes on 700 WLW. The founding member and long-term drummer with Motley Crue, Thomas Lee Bass. Tommy Lee, celebrating birthday number 58 today on October 3rd, 2020. Bang them sticks, baby.
one-time husband of Pamela Anderson. It's under clear. It's it's unclear who gave who herpes, <laughs> but that was the rumor. Nothing like a rock and roll infection, baby. Tommy Lee saw Motley Crue in concert about uh, well six years ago, I guess. Alice Cooper opened up. Alice Cooper <laughs> absolutely blew them away. Vince Neil was fat and lazy. But Tommy was still pretty confident on the drum kit. Tommy Lee, happy birthday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Indeed. Well, just about time for the Tom Davis Diaries, as I like to refer to them. The Good morning, Tommy. When it comes to Pamela Lee and Tommy, you know, who gave who what? California is a no-fault state. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that odd? California is a no-fault state, and there are faults all through that damn state. That's why one day it's supposed to break off and fall into the ocean. There's all of the faults, which have nothing to do with, yeah. with marital law. Yes. This week, we all have them, mother-in-laws. But first, a Domino's delivery driver in trouble for messing with the merchandise. Jonathan Terry was diving into his pizza and dessert when his girlfriend shrieked and started screaming for him to stop eating. The ring doorbell footage showed the delivery driver had rubbed the dessert across his um, sweet spot. Dardo says they are investigating. Yeah. Meanwhile, what's that? Go ahead. Meanwhile, in Chattanooga, a woman had finally had enough of her mother-in-law and called for help. She dialed 911 and told the dispatcher that her mother-in-law was stressing her out with the amount of phone calls that she gets from her. So cops showed up at the residence just to make sure everything was okay, right? And during the interview, the mother-in-law called again. One of the officers took the phone and asked her, please, chill out. In Utah, two guys (laughs) on a moving crew were trying to handle an 85-inch television. And things didn't go so well. They were on a second-floor balcony when one of them rested his side of the TV on a railing. He went further down the stairs to see how they were going to lower this thing down. So the other guy's stuck up there holding his half, right? Then a three-year-old sneaks out from nowhere, smacks the guy in the back. He freaks, drops all 85 inches right there on the front yard. And finally, talked about an airtight alibi. Gregory Blue was arrested for armed robbery. Police say that he allegedly went to a Chinese restaurant with a gun and took money, leaving his DNA at the crime scene. But Greg is disputing the claim totally. He says he was set up. He says, many years ago, he gave blood. 
and that a medical worker working in conjunction with the cops and a pilot flew over the restaurant and dropped his DNA on the scene. He's got multiple <laughs> charges pending. Let's hope he represents himself in court. Next week, man wakes up next to Ferret. Have a great weekend. Tommy, I have your theme song here for this morning's uh, Diaries. Go ahead. Mother-in-law. 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 Thanks, Tommy. See ya. One more. If she leave us alone, we would have a happy home. Sent from down below. Good morning, 736 on this Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. Gary Jeff Walker. Time for our Saturday morning legal brief brought to you by the Epley Legal Group. That's E-P-P-L-E-Y Legal Group.com. Or you can simply call them 513-621-MARK. That's 513-621-6275. And with that, we turn things over to uh, the counselor, Mark Epley. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you this morning, sir? I'm great. I'm, I'm going to buy you a new phone. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So so we, we want to talk about... Um, about not procrastinating, and this message is as much for me as anybody in the audience because I am the worst. I put things off and put things off and put things off, Mr. Epley, and when it comes to some events you've got where you where you need legal representation, whether it's a, a case before a judge, whether it's uh, some kind of civil action, uh, whether it's any number of things, your message is don't wait until the last minute, correct? That's absolutely correct. It is imperative that if you know you have a court date or if you're running up against a statute of limitations issue and you aren't waiting the week before, the day before, to try to hire an attorney to do something. And we get this impression that attorneys can uh, just at the whim of a hat tell the court what to do, and that's not the way that it works. I mean, attorneys will do their best to get continuances for hearings and things to that effect, but with statute of limitations, issues regarding objections are most of the satisfied. Those are all statutory, and if you are a day late, then in essence you are dollars short, and there's not a whole lot of recovery for you at that point. I mean, you, you can, as an attorney, go, Your Honor, I just received the case. I'm not briefed on this. Can we delay the, uh, a week or two? You can do that, but it's not, it's not always the case that it's possible. Yes, that's absolutely right. When you're dealing with hearings like arraignments or pre-trials, then yes, having that attorney with you and, and having that counselor be detained right beforehand, you can surely have the court move those dates. But when you're talking about moving a statute of limitations, whether it's one year or two years, depending on like a car accident, or, or 14 days to file an objection to a judge's decision or a magistrate's decision, there, there isn't a, a 15th or a 16th day. It is statutorily what it is, and if you miss it, you miss it. And we can't do anything about that, unfortunately. But people wait because we live in a progressive sort of nature, and we can't. We, it, it doesn't work. We're miracle workers to an extent, but we're not miracle workers with that. Right, right. I got you. So, the message from Mark Epley is: if you've got some kind of action before the courts, whether it's 
for you, or like I said, there's some civil case. Say you were in a car accident, you've got a year. Basically, isn't it like a year you've got after the accident to file any damages? Is that generally the so? So two years, two years in a car accident, depending on the nature. But yeah, two years in a car accident, one year with medical malpractice, things along those lines. Yeah. Well, you know, I had the uh, semi uh, run me over in the 2007 Mustang back in February of 2019. So I'm coming up on my two years, and I've just developed a a sore neck. So now would be the time to contract Mark Epley, the Epley Legal Group, to uh, file some action, right? Not, 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 don't wait until the new year. Correct. (laughs) All right, Mark. Thank great advice as always, and I appreciate your time. Have a wonderful weekend, my friend, and uh, God, well, God bless you. Thanks. It's uh, 20 minutes until the top of the hour. We're expecting an update from Aaron Katursky of ABC News on President Trump and his coronavirus uh, diagnosis and what's going on this weekend at Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, with the Commander-in-Chief. We should do that in just minutes here on 700 WLW. Coming up on 744 on this Saturday morning. Yesterday, of course, President Trump, the First Lady, announcing they had tested positive for COVID-19. As the pandemic election year continues and how this kind of muddies the water and you never know what's going to... The Democrats, for their part, at least the Democrat National Committee and Joe Biden's campaign suspending all negative ads against the president, which was, I think, called for and reasonable. Uh, but uh, the, the questions remain. How was the president really? He's been described as feverish and fatigued uh, and having some chills, but otherwise mild symptoms. The first lady, uh, for all we know, was fairly asymptomatic. Put the president's age into question and the fact that he's uh, got a body mass of about 30, which is not obese, but verging on overweight for sure. Uh, Extra risk factors when it comes to this virus. For the latest on what's going on in Washington, D.C., with our commander in chief and uh, the government in the balance, Aaron Katursky of ABC News joins us on the telephone line. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Uh, good morning. Uh, the president is uh, waking up, of course, at Walter Reed Medical Center, yes. where he was flown by helicopter. And overnight, his doctor released a statement to say that he's doing well, uh, that, that he is, as you mentioned, feverish and, and fatigued, but, but otherwise seems to be okay. Uh, the president himself tweeted that he was uh, doing okay, and, and in capital letters, love. Uh, but we also learned about his course of treatment. He's been given a dose of remdesivir, the FDA-authorized antiviral drug, Ordinarily, in the course of this pandemic, remdesivir has been given to patients who are hospitalized but who are in far more severe condition than the White House says the president is. Uh, but obviously, they want to be a bit aggressive with, with the commander-in-chief. Certainly. So in addition to, to that, we also know that while he was still at the White House, he was given a dose of an experimental antiviral drug. So taken together, you know, they're taking no chances. As you mentioned, the president is in an elevated risk category because of his age and weight. Uh, and, and, you know, we're not sure whether he may have some, some heart issues. Remember, several months ago, he went to Walter Reed in an undisclosed visit. We still don't know what that was really about, but heart disease runs in his family. So doctors are, are certainly being cautious here. Uh, no doubt about it. I heard a uh, virologist uh, just earlier this morning 
uh, talking about the percentages with uh, what we know about coronavirus and those infected. Uh, generally, for everyone at this point, if you test positive, there's a 99% chance that you're going to be just fine, uh, ultimately, after you know suffering some mild symptoms or being asymptomatic. If you're 70-plus, those percentages drop to 94.6%, but again, the uh, percentages are in the president's favor at this point, and that's, oh. that's the thing to remember. No question, um, but of course, you know they're not going to play the percentages with, no. you know, with, with, with the sitting president. Uh, and and he look the, of the two hundred seven thousand deaths of, of coronavirus in the United States, eighty percent uh, do come in in that elevated age category. Yeah. I so, think the you know, average age of death, Aaron, is uh, like right around seventy eight. Right. So you know that that puts the president right in that window, and, sure. and that's. Uh, undoubtedly why they want to be cautious. They also decided to move him to the hospital, frankly, while he could still walk on his own, as you saw him do, to to Marine One. He certainly wanted to avoid any image of him being rushed to a hospital. So I think the decision came as doctors uh, took a look at the risk factors, took a look at where he he was. And and we've heard, you know, from a number of people that, that his symptoms are mild at this point. The other thing we know, though, is that, you know, this disease can turn on a dime. And somebody who's, you know, relatively okay, maybe a little feverish and fatigued uh, one day can, can certainly take a turn another day and then back again. So the, the doctors want to take every precaution. Well, I think this weekend is crucial. And I've heard more than one, um, you know, self-described expert or doctor say, that 72 hours really will be the uh, the key in telling how the president is going to come out on the other side. Uh, so by Monday, we should have a, a fairly good handle on how the president's actually doing. This is still early on in the diagnosis, obviously. And several members of the president's campaign staff, Bill Stepien, his campaign manager, have tested positive now, uh, Kelly Conway, uh, of course, a close advisor, Hope Hicks, along with Melania, the first lady, and um, from uh, Notre Dame, the president there, who was at the ceremony for Amy Coney Barrett to announce her nomination for the Supreme Court uh, without a mask. Reverend John Jenkins sent in an email yesterday uh, that his symptoms are mild and he will continue to work from home. So there are many people uh, connected to the president who have tested positive now, along with two senators from the Senate Judiciary Committee, Mike Lee and uh, Tom Tillis. So there is there is uh, obviously some community spread in Washington, D.C., surrounding in the president's uh, inner circle. Yes, and, and I mean, that, that, that event on uh, last Saturday to announce uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh-huh. as the Supreme Court nominee is turning into quite the, 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 the spreading event uh, with no fewer than seven people in attendance by our count. Well, and we don't know we don't know how the president uh, contracted the COVID-19 or the first lady, but obviously he was front and center at that uh, at that meeting at the White House last Saturday and it it uh, seems to be indicative that this is this may have been uh, the event. It's certainly possible and if you retrace the president's steps, he, you know, he he has been out there at a number of different events uh, around the country, uh, exposed to, to different people. 
Initial speculation fell on Hope Hicks, his close aide, who yes. tested positive on, on Wednesday. Uh, but then, you know, if you look, as you suggest, that, that, that event on the south lawn of the White House with seven uh, attendees at least, and, and Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, saying he expects more positive tests. So um, the, 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 the event did not require masks. Most attendees did not wear them. Uh, it was notable, I think, that as the president was walking to, to Marine One to go to the hospital, he wasn't a mask. And so were his close advisors who were right behind him. Well, the masks have been proven, at least the experts who claim that face coverings are necessary, not to protect you, but to protect other people. That's what has been emphasized over and over again. That's right. And I I think there is a, um, you know, the the, the, the infectious disease experts, uh, you know, say that, that masks should be worn when social distancing is not possible. And at uh, some of these events, there, there haven't been masks. But we still don't know um, where the president may have gotten this. And that's why there's a, there are aggressive contact tracing efforts underway now in all of the areas where the president was. Yes. The Cleveland Clinic uh, said 11 people pre-debate had tested positive for COVID-19. And so they're also trying to, um, uh, to, to find anybody who may have been in close proximity to the president during the uh, during the debate when he was there, uh, people in New Jersey where he attended a fundraiser on Thursday after learning of Hope Hicks's uh, positive test, they're trying to uh, to track down the 100 attendees and, and staff members at his golf club. So uh, this has touched off uh, a series of contact tracing efforts and testing for people who were in the president's orbit in the last week or so. Well, as we close out, Aaron, again. Uh... As this virus has mutated, and they all mutate, they have found so far, and this is from another doctor that I was listening to, uh, that the virus, as it's mutated, has become more contagious but also less virulent and less deadly. So, you know, cross our fingers and, and pray that that's true, and the president will be uh, will come out on the other side uh, just fine and the rest of the people who've tested positive. I appreciate your update this morning, and uh, thank you for being with us. Good thing. Aaron Katursky from ABC News on the latest on the president's positive COVID-19 test. Brennan and Jones on baseball. One last hurrah just ahead on 700 WLW. Into another hour of the Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. And Gary Jeff with you this Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. I just found out it's Mo Egger's birthday. We'll talk to him later this uh, hour. Happy birthday, Mo. How about that? Right now, it's time to check in with our friend we call Science Mike for another Science Minute this morning. Yes, but as a known scientist, it's a bit surprising that the girl blinded me with something. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hello, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Uh, Okay. So what's going Uh, on? Uh, you had your uh, mother-in-law joke with uh, earlier. Well, Tom Davis had a story about a mother-in-law, and then we played the Ernie Cado classic mother-in-law. Funny thing Coming I've from seen. somewhere somewhere down below, the mother-in-law. Yeah, funniest thing you what? Somebody had the two uh, car carriers on top of their SUV, yeah. and they had tape on one was mother and the other was mother, was wife and the other was mother-in-law. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, let's do some stargazing talk this month, Gary Jeff. Okay. We had a full moon uh, October 1st yesterday, um, harvest moon, 
And the uh, interesting thing is uh, we got Mars at the same time in opposition, which means it's lined up in a straight line between uh, Sun, Earth, and, uh, and Mars in a straight line. And Mars is also getting really close to uh, its perihelion uh, elliptical orbit, so it's really close to us also. So Mars is, is in the tracking from east to west across the sky, so it's interesting to, uh, to watch that if, it, if, it's, if the sky is clear tonight. It wasn't clear last night. So the Mars is really bright, but it's going to be uh, in conjunction, kind of like. Tr- so you following. can you can see Mars with the bare eye right now. Oh yeah, the it's uh, interesting. It's uh, only thirty-eight October sixth. It'll be the closest, thirty-eight point five million miles, and uh, kind of like light only takes three minutes and twenty-seven seconds to go from uh, from Mars uh, to the Earth. If you're interested in uh, that kind of speed of light kind of calculation. Oh, that's wild. No, I had no. I know you can see Venus. I didn't know that that Mars because Mars isn't nearly as bright as Venus generally. It'll be it'll be the second brightest in the sky. Venus will be number one, and then Mars will be uh, be number two. Very cool. So, uh, full moon, like I said, uh, Halloween is going to have a full moon. How about that? Blue, blue, oh, blue moon. <laughs> love that. We we won't have a blue moon on Halloween again until twenty thirty nine. But this is so, a blue moon. Enjoy it. All right. I, I plan on it. Hopefully it's uh, <laughs> we're cloud-free at the time. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, call me any time um, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, would you? <laughs> Was that your Zen song today? Do you have a Zen song today? You know what? I haven't. Had, it's coming up in just a few moments. Oh, great. By request. Great. All right. Uh, have have <laughs> a wonderful day. That's uh, Science Mike. And, yes, our Moment of Zen musical moment is coming up in just a few, plus uh, your phone calls. We'll talk to Steve from Etna, Ohio, in mere moments on the Saturday Morning Edition on 700 WLW. Our musical moment of Zen, by your request, Pink Floyd, from the dark side of the moon, and us and them. Enjoy. If you've never been high, this song is kind of what it feels like. God only knows it's not what we would choose to request your own musical moment of Zen, Gary Jeff Walker at 700WLW.com is my email address.
8.17 on a Saturday morning. And white. (sighs) I feel better now. I hope you do, too. And thanks for the request. And we'll do another musical moment of Zen just to take a break from all of the noise that real life gives us on a regular basis here on a Saturday morning. Right now, we go to my friend uh, Stephen in South Carolina. Good morning. Good morning, Gary Jeff. I I was hoping that it was because it's uh, Lindsey Buckingham's birthday, you might play Trouble. Oh, that's an excellent choice. I, I did open the program with Lindsey Buckingham this morning. Yes. Well, last week I was in Florida. Yes. And they're launching rockets like crazy there, and I was anticipating calling you last Saturday on the road to... Titusville to watch one of the launches. Yes. Never made it. And there were delays and... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Schedules didn't work out, but there's a big Delta IV heavy rocket that was just waiting to go off, and I lost so much sleep getting up at midnight to watch this thing launch, and it was late every time. Oh, man. That's frustrating. Oh, and almost as frustrating as watching or listening to the Reds this week in the playoffs, <laughs> the power outage. In Atlanta. Uh, Stephen, I hope it's a wonderful weekend for you. Thanks for touching base, my friend. All right, Gary. Just have a nice one. All right. And the other Steve from Etna, Ohio, with a pithy phone call. Good morning, my friend. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> the immediate attempt by the regressives uh, to get uh, Donald Trump to step down because he's got the super flu. I-, I was fascinated by that because, you know, this is the de- Democrat Party that made incapacity in the White House a national pastime. Let's just mention a few quickly. Uh, the media, of course, uh, has already mentioned, and you we've mentioned on this show, Woodrow Wilson. Yes. <laughs> the notorious Edith Bowling Wilson. Her husband has a debilitating stroke a year and a half before he's, you know, his term is up. And, of course, she takes over. I like to uh, refer to her as the first president pro-bed. Um, the, my, one of my favorites that is never discussed is Grover Cleveland. Really? Grover Cleveland was ushered out of the White House in the late 19th century, put on the presidential yacht, and doctors at that point uh, performed surgery on his jaw. They took out a malignant tumor. Oh, I, I remember the story. Yeah, there was, there was no recurrence of the cancer. 
and uh, he continued to uh, exercise his duties as president. Of course, all of this was very secret. My my two favorites, though, in this uh, past century are FDR. Now, FDR was not incapacitated by polio. No, he did quite well, you know, getting along with that in the wheelchair, etc. No, what happened was medical historians have gone back and dug up secret medical files on his presidency and discovered that he had serious cardiovascular disease evident that would have affected his cognitive skills at least five years before he died of a cerebral hemorrhage in 1945. And, of course, we've mentioned on this show JFK, God bless him, addicted seriously to painkillers, including meth. Because of his back. Exactly. So badly that his brother, Bobby Kennedy, God bless him, got the medical license of his supplier in New York revoked. And, and remember that Jack, uh, one of the, one of the histori- many of the historians have noted, uh, one of his, his very serious episodes was in uh, Vienna, or Vienna, however the yeah. hell you pronounce it over there, in yeah. yeah. early 1962 when he was meeting Khrushchev. Khrushchev's boys knew all about his problems, and people theorized that that's why Khrushchev later in the year precipitated the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, folks, when you want to dump the president because he's got the super flu, you better think twice. Well, I mean, it's uh, excellent points all. And with Joe Biden, of course, uh, we have someone who has suffered two brain aneurysms in the last five years. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh, if he wins the election, is he the in, in, uh, incapacitated elect? I mean, <laughs> seriously. I know. I know. You know, and I don't make sport of this. My dad died of uh, flu when I was nine. So, I, you know, I take this seriously. But like you, uh, I'm seeing all kinds of BS throughout these, this entire seven or eight months that we've been through, and it disturbs me. And a year from now, we're going to look back on it and say, what the hell were we thinking? I, yeah, I don't know. The reason I call it a scamdemic is not because I, I believe the virus isn't real. I believe that it is very real, obviously, and it's something that I believe has been perpetrated on purpose on us and the rest of the world by the communist Chinese. For, Amen. Amen, brother. For other reasons. All right, Stephen, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, my friend. You too. Bye now. So with that, uh, we did hear from Aaron Katursky, and we're still waiting to uh, hear how the president makes out. Again, the next 48 to 72 hours are crucial more than likely since the president had started showing symptoms and thus precipitating the COVID-19 test, plus those around him testing positive from Hope Hicks, a very close advisor, to Kellyanne Conway, to Melania Trump, obviously, to Bill Stepien, his campaign manager, plus two senators, Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee, who were at the ceremony a week ago on Saturday for Amy Coney Barrett's nomination announcement. And the president of Notre Dame University, Dr. John Jenkins, who was also at that ceremony, testing positive and tweeting out his apologies if he endangered anyone. Uh, But uh, we will have to see if the fever and chills and fatigue is all that the president suffers this weekend. We should have a better handle on it by Monday, according to the medical professionals I've heard speaking on the subject thus far. We will obviously be carrying that for you uh, pretty much 24-7 on these airwaves. 
Got Wally. Gifts from Wally on the way after another Bengals update. And uh, then Mo Egger on his birthday coming up on 700 WLW. Good morning, kids. Time for gifts from Wally. A nun on a scale. A nun was headed to Chicago. She's at the airport. She sits down waiting for her flight. She looked over in the corner and saw one of those weight machines that tells your fortune. So she thought to herself, oh, this will be fun. I'll give it a try. She goes over to the machine, puts a quarter in, and out comes a card that said, you're a nun, you weigh 128 pounds, and you're going to Chicago, Illinois. She's, That's amazing. So she sat back down and thought about it and told herself it probably just tells everything the same thing but decided to try it again. Puts another quarter in, and out comes a card that reads, you're a nun, you weigh 128 pounds, you're going to Chicago, Illinois, and you're going to play a fiddle. So I, I, I know that's wrong. I've never played a musical instrument in my whole life. The nun sits back down. About of nowhere, a cowboy comes over and sets his fiddle case down next to her. The nun picks up the fiddle and starts playing beautiful music. She's startled at herself. I can't. This is incredible. i got to try again. She goes back to the machine, puts her quarter in. Another card comes out. It says, you're a nun. You weigh 128 pounds. You're going to Chicago, and you're going to break wind. Oh, horrors. I've never broken wind in public in my life. Just then, as she says it, she trips over the scale and breaks wind. Stunned, she sits back down, looks at the machine, and says to herself, This is truly unbelievable. I've got to try it one more time. So the nun goes back to the machine, steps on the scale, puts her quarter in, collects the card, and it reads, You're a nun. You weigh 128 pounds. You have fiddled and farted around, and you just missed your flight to Chicago. Yeah, buddy. Nothing like starting your birthday talking to Gary Jeff Walker. Nothing like starting your birthday talking to Gary Jeff Walker. That's what I always say. You know what? I hope I have the chance to talk to Gary Jeff Walker on my birthday. Hey, Mo. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. I just found out. I've known you all these years and never knew your birthday was October 3rd. So you didn't buy me anything. I, I I didn't know till I got here to work. Yeah. I don't well. I don't read your Twitter feed. <laughs> well, I didn't exactly tweet that it was my that it was my birthday, but uh, oh, you did. Nonetheless, thank you. Austin Elmore, whom you know very well, uh, was saying, you know, it's Mo Edgar's birthday. I said, it's not Edgar, it's Edgar. <laughs> He said, well, some people call him, a lot of people, call, like a lot of people call me Jerry Jeff, and I've not gotten one royalty check for Mr. Bojangles in my life. So how is Mo Edgar doing on his birthday? And, um, delightful. I just woke up. So, so which, I'll which, answer that question better for you in a few hours. What, what, which birthday is this, Mo? Uh, this is number 43. Holy macaroni. I just realized that I've known you since you were in your 20s, which means that you've known me since I was in my 30s, which means that we're both getting older, which we're is a both good getting thing. Old. Yeah, you've known me my whole adult life. How about that? I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Insane. Uh, uh, so any, I knew you well before that you had produced Offspring. I mean, you know, <laughs> now you're a dad. Yeah. And, you know, sporting that dad bod. <laughs> that, that's the key right there. 
You oh, knew me before I had the dad bod. Before <laughs> you had the dad bod. You were just a spindly little thing when I first exactly. met you. Uh, exactly. So, well, here we are on your birthday, and that's really all I want to talk about, but we'll we'll talk sports since that's what I understand that Lisa tweeted, can't wait to hear you tomorrow with Gary Jeff. So Lisa is tuning in right now. Whoever Lisa is, happy to have you on the program today just for Lisa's benefit and your grandma. Um, well, it's nice to have both. I know my grandmother is listening. Yes, absolutely. But, yeah, will you see your grandma today on your birthday? I don't know that I'll see her today. I do need to see her soon. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, you practice social distancing. Protect grandma at all costs, obviously. Of course. But, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Does she still send you, like, 5 or $10 in a card? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you remember you're welcome to trust me i'll take anything i can get you remember you used to have those ants or maybe you didn't but i used to have those ants or, or grandma or grandpa you know you're an adult you know and they, they'd send you like five or two actually cash money in the card and you go wow yeah. it made it through the mail <laughs> you know i i had a, an aunt who passed away uh maybe two years ago yeah. who starting when i was 10 years old for my birthday, every single year would buy me a a set of baseball cards. Oh, m- meaning, you know, so in, in let's say a particular year, instead of buying the individual packs and collecting them and building to an entire set, would buy me a whole set of baseball cards. Oh, my God, did you? And hold- this con- this continued clear into my mid thirties. It was fantastic. So, do you have them all still? I do. Yes. Have you talked to anybody in any memorabilia shops? <laughs> Just in case. I, I remember as, as, a, as a kid. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Kid who grew up as a huge baseball card collector, you know, we, we kind of convinced ourselves like, you know, hey, one day these are going to be worth so much money and, you know, this is going to fund our retirement one day. And uh, that, that obviously has not been the case. Well, I remember being eight years old in uh, in suburban Chicago, where I lived at the time, having a uh, among other things, I found a rookie Ernie Banks baseball card. Mr. Cohen. Oh, wow. You know where it went? <laughs> Bicycle spoke? Yes! That's so stupid. <laughs> so When you're a kid, you're so damn stupid. And they think they know everything. Well, so, you know, when I was a kid, it, it, it was the, the, that whole thing was starting to change a little bit because they would have, you would, you would go to the uh, baseball card store, you would go to the drug store, you'd buy your baseball cards, but you would also buy uh, Beckett Baseball Card Monthly, which was this magazine that basically listed every baseball card in existence, 
and it was like reading the the financial page. So you would you would get it, and you would be like, oh, uh, this Willie Stargell card is now worth ninety cents. Last month it was worth eighty five cents, yes. going up. And uh, whoever sold that racket, uh, good good for them because we bought it. I wonder if anyone listening has a Bob Gibson baseball card. Hoot has left us at the age of 84, probably the most dangerous pitcher. I would put him right up there with Nolan Ryan as a pitcher you would not want to face as a major league batter. I got to, I got the privilege, I'm old enough, and I got the privilege to watch Bob Gibson pitch in a baseball game for the St. Louis Cardinals in, say, 1970. All right, I was like nine, ten years old. And I got to see Bob Hoot Gibson on the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. And even that late in his career, people absolutely were, there were people who were petrified, major league athletes who were petrified to face Bob Gibson because he would throw at your head without any any compunction at all, about uh, worried about it. I mean, the dude was just scary. Yeah, with iconic World Series performances as well. Yeah. Uh in in 67 and and 68, you know, the Tim McCarver, uh longtime voice of baseball on Fox was was his teammate, was his catcher and would, yep. would tell stories about being terrified to go to the mound to talk to him about signs. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know? I mean, you know, there, there would be a guy on second base, and you know, sometimes you have to change the signs up. And he, he, I've heard him, I've heard him talk about being behind the plate, knowing I've got to go out there and talk to him, and that's terrifying for me as as the catcher. A, a different, uh, a different breed from a different age. I, I was, I was actually thinking of him yesterday, watching uh, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, who was hit on the elbow by a pitch in a situation in which the, the Miami pitcher did not want to hit him in the elbow, uh, two nothing game playoff game, eighth inning and Contreras like loses his mind that he got hit. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, that dude in a different era, <laughs> the, the, the next time you face Bob Gibson, it ain't coming at your elbow. It's coming near your head. Oh, Intimidating yeah. pitcher. Uh, but a guy who later in his life was a pitching coach, was a broadcaster. That was, would be my first, uh, recollection of Bob Gibson. He was doing baseball games on, on ESPN. But you hear the players of that era talk about standing in the batter's box and facing him. You don't hear hitters talk about pitchers like that today. No, not at all. What was your, uh, what was your post, uh, post op, uh, remarks on, uh, the Reds shutout? Uh, they made Max Fried and Ian Anderson look like Bob Gibson. Uh, it was uh, extraordinarily frustrating on on Wednesday, and it, it, frankly, it, it's look, it, it's it's surprising. I think when any team goes twenty two innings without a run, but I'm not sure it was that shocking. You know, we we talked a lot about what would happen if the Reds got in the postseason from the standpoint of, you know, the axiom is good pitching beats good hitting. Well, unfortunately, good pitching always beats bad hitting, and this was a bad hitting team this year, and and often unlucky. But th- this was not a very good offensive team, and it was a team that really struggled all season to score if they weren't hitting home runs. And what happened specifically on Wednesday? They got some guys on base, but they couldn't get that run in. They couldn't hit home runs, and you have to give a lot of credit to Atlanta starters. You got to give a lot of credit to their bullpen as well, which got out of a lot of really high leverage situations, but. I think in both games, the tone was set early. On Wednesday, game one, first inning, first and third, nobody out. 
if you give Trevor Bauer one run, you probably win the game. Yeah. And instead, a ground out, a line out, and a ground out. And then on Thursday, you know, you're you're trying to put the previous day behind you. You load the bases on the second inning, and Tucker Barnhart grounded out the second base, and and you could just feel the air coming out of the balloon at that point. So uh, frustrating, and I, I think wasteful when you. Have, you know, they got an iconically good pitching performance from Trevor Bauer on Wednesday, and then Luis Castillo was, was fine, was more than fine on Thursday. And I think for me, you just wonder, you know, on a grander scale, you, you don't have a trio of pitchers like that often. You've yeah. got to take advantage of it when you do, and the Reds didn't. Yeah, indeed. Do you think the Bengals can uh, throw a shutout against Jacksonville tomorrow? I don't think they can throw a shutout, but they have to win this football game. Um, I think this is huge for Zach Taylor because, you know, it's one thing if you're effectively 0-3. I know they didn't lose last week, but it's, it's, it's one thing if you get to the first three games and your quarterback is playing poorly and he's playing like a rookie, but he's not. He's, he's been fine. Joe Burrow has been uh, everything you would want and, and more over these first three games. And yet they haven't won a football game, and at some point that has to change. And you know, this is this is not a young roster. This is the Bengals have the 15th youngest roster in the NFL. They have a whole lot of guys who are in their second or third NFL contracts. They have a, a whole lot of guys who join this team, coming over from winning teams, uh, and and they acquire those players with the intention of winning significantly more games this season. If yeah. they don't start that tomorrow, when's it begin? Indeed. Uh, University of Cincinnati and USF today. Give me a quick uh, a quick hit on what happens. USF is terrible. The Bearcats should roll. All right. Fantastic. What's on the blog, Mo? Every bit of Reds content and coverage you could ever want. All right. And uh, as we leave on Mo Eggers' 43rd birthday, the incredible, the great, the legendary Stevie Wonder with more birthday wishes for Mo. Mo Egger or Edgar? (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Mo. Hi, man. Thanks. All right. Mike Allen comes up next on the Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. Saturday midday, Michael. How are you? Hey, I'm Gary Jeff. I'm good. You still negative? Uh, yeah, far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always pride myself in being a positive person, except when it comes to like COVID or you know some, I some was, awful disease. I was about four weeks ago, so I assume I still am. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, no symptoms. No, not that I know of. Are you worried? 
No, about the president. No. Oh, about the president. No, not really. I'm worried about the election. It, it just, no matter what way you slice it, it's not going to help him. He can mitigate some of the damages, but I, that part I'm worried about his physical safety and health. No, uh, I, actually, I think that this could have the uh, the opposite effect. It, I believe it could help the president could, in the election if he plays along with it. You know, it gives him time to chill out. He needs to hone his message. It kind of softens him a little bit. Absolutely. You know? Look, and two different situations. Uh, I understand Reagan had just been elected in March of 81. Right. When he was shot and the assassination attempt by Hinckley happened. But after that, what had been an all-out, like a Trump-like attack on Ronald Reagan as president and during the campaign leading up to his inauguration became... A love fest for Ronald Reagan, even among Democrats. Now, I'm not suggesting that is going to happen because we've gone way too far afield of uh, as far as divisiveness right. in this country. And I, I don't blame Trump for that. I blame the Democrats for the divisiveness. But I say this, and I, th- I think it could have the same kind of effect uh, in people's minds on Donald Trump if they, if they haven't cast their ballots or if they're heading to the polls. Well, I think about 2.2 million have voted already, but you're right. But all that assumes, Gary Jeff, that he plays along. You know, he has these rallies, and I like to watch them, and he gets sustenance from them, but he's already got his base. He's had his base since 2016. He has got to do something to reach out to that very, very small sliver of independent voters that are next, that are still up for the, the taking, um, maybe this is an opportunity for him to do this. Um, hopefully they're exploring that, and hopefully if they decide I, on that strategy, he plays ball and behaves I, himself. What I hope is that uh, that his record is enough to let him ride the tide because of all the things he has accomplished would with think. all of the headwinds against him. And there were some good economic numbers last week, Oh, too. absolutely, still. Uh, real quickly, what's on the program, Mike? Well, we're going to talk, obviously, about uh, what we've just been talking about, sure. the effect on the campaign of uh, Trump's getting right. COVID. Talk a little bit about the debates and um, just bat it around. All right. Mike Allen, Saturday Midday, coming up next after the show show at Huddle's Cafe. I'll be there slinging drinks for hillbillies and others. And maybe even you. 700 W. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.